dressed up because she is running for president now. She told me not to tell you guys, but that's <laughs> what we're doing. It's uh, Ms. Lopez, please introduce yourself for all the new listeners. Oh, Thanks. thank you. Well, Claire Lopez, Lopez Liberty LLC, not running for president, um, dressed up for um, the recording of some other material that we're getting ready for uh, John Guandolo at Understanding the Threat. Um, standing up a national security academy with a number of courses and lessons to be offered online to students. So um, been recording for that. Beautiful. And I don't know why you keep coming back on here as I clearly throw you under the bus and you start recording and instantly just kick you into the street. <laughs> You're running for president. You're like, what the hell? What Tommy? Why? But yeah, no, it's um. so I kind of want to get right into it. And it's, you know, I with with all the respect i can and should as a human give it you also can't help but see the irony let's just get into it with david ames being knifed in a jihadi attack with as a country that dissolved their borders and allowed influx of migrants i mean it's i mean you reap what you sow i mean it's, that's someone's dad that's someone's son so i'm not trying to smirk at it but for everyone listening it's the uh was, is a British the uh, Parliament member or? Yeah, David Amess, um Amess, was okay, okay. a member of Parliament. Um, probably, I think, the very longest-serving member of the British Parliament uh, since nineteen. I think it was eighty-three or four. Uh, he's been a member of Parliament, and um, he would regularly hold uh, meetings with his constituents on a regular, every two-week basis. Now, the thing with that was, though, that he would post the time and the place yeah. of the meetings online at his parliament website. And that kind of made it easy uh, for anyone who wanted to come after him. Um, plus the fact that uh, members of parliament really have no uh, particular security. Uh, there's no um, regular security assigned to them. Now they're rethinking that uh, after this murder um, but up until then, no, they had not had uh, any security with them. They they felt safe. They were with their constituents. Well, I mean, just as you say, Tommy, um, their constituents now include, um, you know, people like Ali Harbi Ali is his name, uh, the 25-year-old Somali jihadi who knifed him to death in a church, which is where the meeting was being held. Um, but I'll tell you a quick story if I can. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, um, I was at a, a meeting, I, I think it was a, a dinner meeting even, um, with, uh, I think at that time it was a former member of parliament, and I don't even remember exactly who it was, but the point um, was the subject of the conversation. And that member was telling us that as far back as the 1970s or so, the leadership in Britain, meeting the elites, um, the, the academics, the church, meaning the Anglican church, um, the politicians, uh, whatever, they basically got together and they agreed among themselves that Britain was too white, too Anglo, too Saxon, and that needed to change. They literally decided to dilute their own population uh, and what they did then was opened up immigration uh, from all their former colonies, which of course stretch around the world. And from that point onwards, the flood has been coming in 
and probably with as little or less than the kind of, uh, you know, vetting that we've got here in the United States. I mean, nobody ever asks, right? Consular, um, you know, visa interviews or CBP, Customs and Border Protection at the port of entry. Nobody ever asks these people, uh, do you hear and now pledge to support the Judeo-Christian-based Constitution of the United States of America and do you here and now abjure uh, any loyalty to any other former um, legal systems to include Sharia? That question alone would help to divide, um, you know, whom should receive a visa and who you might want to question some more. Isn't that, is it Takia? T-A-Q-I, Takia? T- oh, Takia, Takia. Yeah. Uh, which is dissimulation, deceit, not straight up lying necessarily, but misleading the person you're talking to. But there again, our consular officers and our CBP officers, ICE officers, uh, all of them, um, should have training in these sorts of things. Yeah. Body language, uh, how to uh, you know, get at the, the actual truth when somebody is trying to mislead you, how to recognize that they're trying to mislead you. Uh, they need that training. But of course, they're not getting it. Yeah, with the uh, with the attack, I mean, it's I always say it's kind of a, a fun fact um, in terms of like Secret Service. Uh, I think it was up till nineteen, I want to say nineteen nineteen. You could go into the Oval Office as a tourist; just you could just head on in. And it wasn't until Pearl Harbor, the day of, that the head of the Secret Service went and got Al Capone's impounded armored car and brought it out. And they put some flags on it and FDR started writing it on that day. And then when I think it was two Puerto Rican nationalists tried to assassinate Truman, that's when they stopped allowing him to walk to work. And they started, they said, we're on a military footing or we're on a war footing because it was right after World War II. And that it's just been that way for 80 years since. Sometimes it's this is the stuff that unfortunately leads to it. But um, as an aside, back to what you're saying about the looting, the population, uh, their Anglo-Saxon, which... It, there's nothing I, just as a side note there's nothing wrong with nations just being who they are you know japan china russia congo mexico what's wrong with they're just being a but that's a side rant for another time is it the kalergi plan is that what it is k-a-l uh, is it a what kind of a plan no wasn't there a plan about diluting the west with migrants to get rid of the anglo-saxon culture wasn't kalergi k-l-e-r-g-i i think it was not sure this- about that but but i do know about this um this account, yeah. um, you know, directly from someone who would know yeah. so, uh, about Britain. And, and, you know, of course, that brings to mind what's going on right now. Oh, um, oh. You know, the flood of migrants. I've, I've heard they're coming from over 150 countries. Now, there are only about 194 countries in the entire world, including the United States. But they're coming to us from over 150 is the latest uh, number I've, I've, I've heard, I think, from DHS, maybe, or CBP. The, uh, but it's deliberate. It's a deliberate self-hatred of one's own uh, history, uh, traditions, uh, principles, customs, values, um, a loathing, a, 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 you know, a, a, a distaste for one's own cultural heritage, yeah. um, which is, of course, suicidal. It's, I, think it's, I, think, I think it was you and me touched off on it last week about Marxism. Like it, the whole thing is... It's it's based on self hatred. Yeah. It's based on destruct. There's no plan to to build. 
if I may, to build it, it back better. To build no. it back better, if I may. No. But it's no. it's that's what simply um, destroy. The the mm -hmm. the Kalergi plan of course Wikipedia labels it as a far right conspiracy theorist. Uh the Kalergi pan blah, 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 from a guy born in nineteen thirty, Richard von Kudenhov Kalergi, but it was put forward I think in the sixties or seventies, and it was about diluting the West with refugees to sort of divide and conquer, get rid of these these large cohesive cultures, be it, you know, South American or be it Canadian or be it American or English or French. The idea was to uh, topple this. I mean, I think it was the 60s or 70s to uh, that's when it was created that were, were put together. I'm not sure when it I mean, we could look back at recent events. So I'd say it's probably yeah. the Arab Spring is when it was manifested, but to cause chaos and topple st stable governments or dictators in the Middle East and in the third world and in Africa and cause a flood into Britain, France, Germany, and North America. And then by do doing that, you dilute any sort of mass cohesion. And then, which we haven't reached yet, but we probably will, is then the people are willing or at least susceptible to the strong arm of government coming in to fix the problem that they, of course, created. But it's self-hatred and divide and conquer. And Kalergi plan, yeah, K-A-L-E-R-G-I. And but I mean, you know, if you start a if you start a forest fire, you know, you can't be too surprised if you get trapped in it. I mean, you you sign off on all these things, and hey, man, you know, in a respectable society, you can say where you're going to be, and hey, we're going to have a meeting at this time at this church. Let's all come and talk. You can't do that when you are dissolving your your society at the foundational level. Level, you know. I hate to say I told you so, but that's what happens. You get well, they are the apparently, I mean, reportedly, Britain is reassessing uh, how um, how much protection their their members of parliament, I guess cabinet members too, you would say, right? Yeah. Or maybe they already have more protection, but members of parliament, which would be analogous to our own congressional members, yeah. right? Um, and, 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 you know, individual ones of them might have, uh, private personal security already, but there's no government-funded um, program uh, in Britain for the protection of, of individual members of parliament. But now they're looking at that. Now they're thinking about it. I mean, they they, they realize. But, but you know, even still, uh, to read the news accounts uh, of, of the assassination, which took place something like, I think it's almost two weeks ago now, um, you, you, you still get statements coming out of, uh, you know, either Scotland Yard or the police or the government. Well, we're not quite sure what his motive was, but we're going to call it terrorism. Yeah. Well, no, it's not terrorism. It's jihad. Yeah. And uh, within jihad, the doctrine of jihad, which according to Islamic law is warfare against non-Muslims, um, there are two kinds of jihad. One is fard khifaya. Uh, and that just means jihad that is called by a caliph uh, who organizes the jihad uh, or the raids or, or whatever. But there is no um, acknowledged caliph right now. So the other kind of jihad is called fard ghain. Fard ghain is individual jihad, uh, which uh, places an obligation on every Muslim on the face of the earth um, to wage jihad individually in whatever way possible um, if there are um, uh, infidel uh, forces uh, present in Islamic lands. And, of course, they think the whole world is Islamic lands, so 
um, the individual responsibility to jihad. We kind of see that, you know, it's we see that. So we're looking at it right now, right? Maybe they're going to start looking back at or start reconsidering uh, how to go about, you know, best case scenario, what you think would happen is they're going to start looking at their border policies. But I think we all know what's going to happen is they're just going to beef up security for the very people who are dissolving the borders. Kind of like the irony of the nuclear bunker system. The nuclear bunker system will protect the only people it will protect are also the only people responsible for the nuclear war. We will. I think that's what we'll see in Britain. You can see in the United States. Well, who are the people that make these laws? Well, they're surrounded by uh, the Secret Service. They're surrounded by ex Delta Force and Navy SEALs. And we even see the the fund the police people. Those are either rich people in gated communities with private security services, or those are political officials who have, I guess, state funded uh, security services. But it doesn't really matter for you and I, the people who don't have a say in whether the borders are dissolved or not. And we also, at least here, we have a Second Amendment in Britain. I mean, I mean, you can't have a spoon, right, or a knife or whatever it is. It, yeah, it seems to go according to plan. They're doing what they want. Well, what what's interesting, um, of course, is that um, what we have today is the modern-day nation-state system uh, was formulated in the wake of the the, the horrific uh, wars that tore Europe apart um, in in uh, you know 15th 16th century, and um, at the Treaty of Westphalia in 1648, um, that is when um, they the, the 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 leadership of of uh, Europe Western Europe I, I think we're talking about here mostly, you know they come together and they they said. Um, nations are sovereign. They are in charge of their own borders and their own interior matters, unless or until um, such things spill over their borders and threaten neighbors. But otherwise, a nation uh, is sovereign, and it has the right and even the duty and the obligation to keep and protect its own borders. That was a Western European thing. And they're taking it now with both hands and kind of throwing it away. Yeah, I mean, but it, it does. So I, I kind of want to go back to this is um, the the I just had a complete brain fart. My mind was just cleared. Southern border? uh... Havana syndrome. I was just, my brain, my brain, no, 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 not that. I'm saying I think I just suffered from Havana syndrome. I think I I just got a ringing in my ear and I completely lost my train of thought. Um, Shit. Claire, help me out. Uh, I don't know. Diluting the population. Um, I'm not sure. Diluting the population. Yeah. So, oh, uh, 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 kind of the whole rules for thee, not for me, the borders, the police, the security. I mean, we're oh, seeing. Right. But yeah. around my own home or compound or, you know, uh, villa, um, got to have the, the, you know, the best and, and, and the most technologically advanced uh, fence that you can, that money can possibly buy. Yeah. Uh, example, of course, the current occupant of the White House and his vacation home in, uh, where is it? In Delaware, right? On the, uh, on the beach. Oh, is, is that? I, I think it's almost a half million dollars for the, uh, the new fence that went up around that place. Hey, but hey, fences work, baby. Fences work. Walls work, sure do. right? But look at it. Yeah, but yeah. for thee, yeah, yeah, for thee, but not for me, right? Or I mean, for me, but not for the offense, right? Yeah. The Zuckerberg wall around his uh, his island in Hawaii. I mean, the uh, what do you do after January sixth? You put up a big wall, which hey, they work, right? 
But um, I mean, hey, that's what you're using. That's what you, yeah. If you're using that to keep all the white supremacists out of the capital, you can't use it at the southern border. Just like vaccine mandates for everyone else, except at the southern border, and that those kind of both tie into also the um, the jihadi assassination of Ahmed is Chicago right now, right? Lori Lightfoot threatening the entire police department, saying uh, we will fire you if you do not type go in and type in your vaccination status. And then you have the head, the police chief saying this is nothing to this has nothing to do with health this is all about control miss lightfoot is a miserable woman i think those were his exact words but even then as if chicago is not in bad enough shape already yes uh, with the explosion of criminal activity uh under this particular mayor yeah but even then none of that matters when you're insulated from it no one's going to be able to touch the mayor and this isn't some call to violence what i'm saying is these people that enact these laws they have their protection but nobody else gets any they're fine yeah they're fine they can do whatever they want and we're seeing that more and more i can't help but feel like you know i on face value i look at it like these people are so stupid what are they doing they're you know but when you change your the lens you look at it through and go you know through the eyes of a rainy day for a summer for a july 4th barbecue a rainy day receives an f a rainy day during a California wildfire receives an A. It's all about how you look at it. They receive an F for leadership. You receive an A if, as you said, these people view America as the single worst thing in the world, nothing but genocide and white privilege. They're receiving an A for supply. And I know there's a whole pandemic, so I won't entirely throw that on their back. Supply chain crisis, inflation, defunding the police, vaccine mandates, right? The great resignation is in August. There was 4 million resignations from jobs. They receive an A in terms of individuals who would take over the country and do a controlled demolition. They receive an F for leadership. And as I look at it more and more, I'm like, face value, I'm like, they're so stupid. Why do they do this? And then as I sit back, I'm like, well, as leaders, they're stupid. But if you look at it from the mindset of a Marxist takeover and controlled demolition of the United States and our republic, they're doing a fantastic job. Does it? Am I looking too into it, or does that seem no, what it no, is? no? This is exactly right. We we talked about, as you said, Marxism last program, um, and and we're looking at at um, uh, Democrat, um, otherwise known, aka as Marxist uh, leadership of various uh, cities in America, and you know these are the places: Milwaukee, Chicago, Washington D.C., Baltimore, uh, Seattle, um, uh, Portland. Uh, led by uh, Democrat Party leadership, and you, you you can't help but think if they actually really meant to uh, destroy the city they have been elected to lead, what would they be doing differently? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I I don't know how else to think of it except uh, deliberate destruction of of their own cities. I'm listening to, and uh, I can't get a response from him. I want to get him on the podcast. Uh, Nick Bryant, who I think he just left the BBC, but he was there for like 20 years, who wrote The Franklin Scandal, all about uh, Omaha, Nebraska, the the interstate pedophile rings. Uh, really dark, horrific. Everyone around that investigation mysteriously died. Nick Bryant, God bless, is still alive. The Franklin Scandal, it's on Audible. He reads it himself. But it's all about, they kind of dive into the foster homes, of these people that 
beat the shit out of the kids with rubber hoses. They rape them. You wear long clothes to school so no one sees the bruises. And they would they would farm these kids out to higher ups at the school system and including the police chief. So when the kids go to the police station or they go to school, it comes right back to the parents and they find out they had people inside the child protective services. And if you just looked at it from the uninitiated and you go, man, these foster parents are terrible. Every time they get kids, the kids, kids end up running away or they end up on drugs versus if you switch the lens that you're looking at it through and go, what if these people are grooming children for, to quote the book, sadistic pedophiles? Oh, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? It makes a lot of, when you look at, when you look at just shut, just dissolving the Southern border, no vaccine mandates, everyone with a job. I'm having on a surgeon next Thursday, a military surgeon, son of a farmer, the American dream who was let go because he wouldn't get the vaccine. This guy is like a 20 year veteran of the U.S. military and is a combat surgeon and now works stateside. Oh. I think at Walter Reed, I'm not sure. Let go because he wouldn't get the vaccine. Yet we can bring in everyone from the South without vaccines and without legal immigration. At face value, you go, how stupid can you be? If you change your perspective and go, all right, now as a leader, now imagine that there was some sort of 100-year-old Marxist takeover plan. What would you do? Oh, well, that's exactly what I'd do, is you'd collapse it from the inside. And I mean, I know I threw this at you last week and today, and that's why I want you to run for office, and I know you won't. I've, ac <laughs> I've accepted that. I understand that. No means no. You want not going to run for office. I get it. But no. It does seem, I will say the one upside of this, and I know I got to let you go in like five minutes. I will say the one upside of this is people who never cared about politics, even remotely, or it was just some distant, you know, I always thought I was somewhat well read on it. But even then it was, ah, the elections every four years, rah, rah, vote for your guy. People like myself and people who are creating networks of like-minded individuals to go, what can we do? How do we get onto the school board? How do we do this? How do we get involved? This would have, much like the vaccines during a pandemic drive variants, this sort of, this tyranny is sort of driving like patriotism variants. They're accelerating the evolution and the natural selection for it. Things that I never would have gotten involved in, I am now involved in. Like, hey, sure, let's go try to, when would I care, me who's not married, has no girlfriend, has no kids, when would I ever oh, care? Get cracking, boy. I know, I know, right? It's <laughs> times are ticking. My grandparents would be furious with me, right? They had six kids by my age. But you know, when would someone like myself ever be concerned about the local school board in this tiny town in Maryland? Yet now I am. So I will say that that is the one upside of all of this is you push so far, eventually you have to care, right? You know, never care about vacuuming every day until one day you're like there's a lot of cobwebs and i woke up with a spider on me you're like i'm not a cleaning guy but today i'm cleaning does that make sense Do, would you agree with that you're looking you're looking at my house aren't you no your house is beautiful i love it no 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 i'm talking about my disgusting <laughs> no but self. you're right about um arousing uh the people and um i think a lot of it really began um with uh the lockdowns of last year and uh, we've talked about this before, parents seeing finally what their children were learning because they were stuck at home doing distance learning, you know, on a, on a computer on the kitchen table. And um, 
I think that began it. They were horrified, the parents horrified, appalled, and then angry. Uh, and that's when they began to push back, to go to the school boards. And at the same time, a lot of the school board meetings were also being held online, uh, which made it uh, more convenient for the parents uh, to attend those mm -hmm. virtually, you know. Um, and, and, and so that confluence of, uh, of events, as you say, tiny silver lining maybe to what went on, but I think that was the beginning of arousing the awareness of American people. Uh, and, and, and then the other thing is the parents, mothers and fathers, realizing they're coming for our kids. Mm -hmm. They're coming for our children. That is the, that's, the, that's the final red line. They didn't realize it before. They didn't know that before. Now they do. Yeah. Now they, they, they saw it. And then as we went on through the year and into this year, 2021, um, you know, more and more Americans, as you just say, are becoming aware. Uh, they are signing up for things like, uh, you know, poll workers and, and uh, uh, you know, e election officials and um, even running for office themselves or at the, at the very least getting behind, uh, you know, candidates uh, who support their values, you know, their principles. Um, there is a great awakening going on. And um if that's what we had to go through to get to it, well, I wish we didn't have to, but but we are at a place um, where uh, the American people are are waking up. I would say that that is it, there is a value to that. It's I mean, I can look at my own life, just just humility, right? College, I was great. I mean, people legitimately thought I played for the football team. I was in such good shape. Straight A's, smoking hot girlfriend, getting ready to go to medical school. I also thought I was all that in a bag of chips and I had no sympathy for anyone that couldn't do it. I would say you're not trying hard enough, work harder. And, you know, then losing. Well, that's true in a lot of cases. Well, it was, but then I would look at things like my older brother who committed suicide. And I was always like, okay, well, there's a guy who was, you know, getting his is, is advanced program from GTRI, Georgia Tech Research Institute, doing classified work with the Air Force. His girlfriend, absolutely beautiful lawyer. There's a guy that I'm like, okay, maybe maybe there's more to it than just you're not a brilliant guy. And then I look at my own sort of self-demolition. I gained a ton of weight. It was just, you know, addicted to all sorts of drugs, drinking, smoking. I really just hated myself, a real piece of shit. Climbing out of all of that, you know, just simple things like learning to stop eating, you know, and, you know, not blaming others for my problems and for just realizing like, hey, everyone's facing an uphill battle. That took me like seven years of baptism by fire. But now as I'm slowly coming out of that, yeah, that was my great awakening. I was like, oh, you know, everyone's fighting. Sure, there are lazy people, but I also have a heart that is now I'm like, What's that guy fighting at home? What just happened in his family? Did he just find out he lost a sibling? What's going on? And that's just kind of an analogy to maybe this is the only way it was going to happen. Maybe this is the only way we're going to get involved. When the parents realize that there is no such thing as no man's land, you are either on this trench or that trench, but they are no man's land. Your children is going to be shelled by artillery. That's what's coming. And we can say as of yesterday, today's Thursday, October 28th, 2021, Yesterday, the FDA voted, or two days ago, 17, to 17 out of 17 voters voted for uh, uh, required vaccines for children ages 5 to 11. 
incredible. Just incredible. Coming for your kids. But maybe that's the only thing that was going to wake us from the slumber. And with that, I know you got to go. I will let you go. Miss Claire Lopez. All the links in the description. As always, follow Claire on Twitter. Lopez LLC. And all your other videos, which we just did or talked about, uh, the Ahmed's, uh, uh, what's it called? Assassination. You're on more podcasts than just mine. I, I feel... I thought I had a monopoly and then I see you on other videos and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's helpful to, to, uh, be in different multiple places. I know. Miss Claire Lopez. Thank you so much. We'll resume thank next you. week as always. Just sure thank you thing. so much for coming on here. I love when you talk. You. I love my mom is such a huge fan of you. Um, oh, no, seriously. My best to her. Yeah, seriously. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for everything you do. All right. Thank you. Yep. Catch you next week. Yep. God bless America. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you so much. Recording stopped. Goodbye.